You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So, but um, it's good to be in church this morning. Um, I'm looking forward to the crossover. I'm telling you, it's going to be off the hook. And uh, because we're entering into this year, this coming year, in a very, very powerful way. And there are things God has spoken. And we're excited about it. It's going to be like a year you've never had before. All right? I know people say all kinds of things like that, but listen, this is for real. Turn to someone and say, this is for real. Yeah, it's for real. You are going to see it. You are not only going to hear about it. You will see it. You will touch it. You will experience it. Hallelujah. You You will see God. In a way that uh, you've only dreamt about. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's, uh, it's really something I'm looking forward to. And there are some instructions I've received already from myself. And you better receive yours. <laughs> you can't live next year the way you live this year. Amen. Do you understand me? Amen. You... you Turn to someone and say, just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Whatever you do, don't. Don't leave it the same way. Okay, so get, get, get ready to make some adjustments. You know, get ready. Get ready. Make adjustments that will alter your destiny. Make adjustments that will redefine your life. Make adjustments that will break the hold of the enemy. I'm telling you. There are certain things the enemy can do because we allow him. It's not because God is weak. And it's not because the enemy is powerful. It's because we allow him. So I don't know about you. I am ready not to allow even a breathing space. Glory to God. Yeah. So it's going to be awesome. 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 Exciting. Exciting. I think we need to pray. Just pray. Come on. Talk to the Lord. Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. I bless your name. I bless your name. Mokasim Bradiketus. Hallelujah. Prepare my heart. Mm. In the name of Jesus. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. We bless your name. 
Oh my God. Yondala baba baba baba. Mondala baba. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you this morning a message that I think you must not, as you, as you live this year, you need to be aware of something which um, will be something that you need to pay attention to for not only the coming year, but for the rest of your life. Okay? And I title this, Beware of Godliness Without Power. Turn to someone and say, Beware of Godliness Without Power. Beware. Because there is godliness without power. And you need to beware of it. Alright? Beware of it. There is... A form of godliness is actually not really godliness, but it has the appearance of godliness. And there is no power. It has a form of godliness, it has a, a form of piety, it has a form of, you know. It looks even like God. That's why it's called godliness. It has a godly appearance. But it's powerless. It's powerless. Beware of it. Beware of it. So, I've made a commitment that I'm not going to be godly without power. Amen. My godliness must have power. Amen. So, oftentimes when we talk about power, you only think about services and, you know, I know, no, 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 I'm talking about your daily life. There has to be power. Let's look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's read from there. 2 Timothy chapter 3, from verse 1. He says, But notice that in the last days, perilous times will come. Okay? Perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Unholy. Now, these are, these are all happening today. Okay? And this passage is speaking of our day and age. The realities of our time. These are the realities of our time. And you would think that Paul was part of this generation when he wrote this. So let's read on. It says... Unloving, unforgiving. Hmm? Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self-control. I mean, slander. My goodness. 
the amount of slander that is going on is on another level. It's on another level. The Lord revealed to me about some things that somebody is going to be saying, a friend that is going to be saying about me in the future. Some serious accusations. Amen. It's, it's going to be it's slanderous. It's part of the age. The Lord said to me, I'm going to bless you so much that this guy is going to be jealous and this is what he's going to say about you. And it's all lies. <laughs> but it's a sign. It's in the Bible. So what do you do? I love him from afar. I won't share all my testimonies with him. Just, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, I, I have to know not everybody can handle your testimony. Are you hearing me? Some of the slander that will come will not be because you did something. It will be because somebody wants to bring you down. And you better watch out. I didn't mean to zeroing on that but okay without self-control so people that can't control themselves brutal despisers of good so good now becomes bad it's not attractive it's not attractive anymore to be good it's not attractive to be kind it's not attractive anymore huh to be brutal now like yeah is it. Hmm. I heard that uh, Mr. Nice Guy doesn't get <laughs> so in some circles the, 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 the ladies don't like the nice guys. Is it true? Not here, uh, not here right? <laughs> yeah. N not this circle. Yeah, but it's true. It's true. So, you know, they, w what is good, they don't want it. They despise that. Then they go for the bad. And they call bad good. And, you know, good, bad. And there's a scripture that uh, Doc used to quote to me all the time. Woe to those that call good evil. <laughs> You know, when we give him chilies to eat. <laughs> I say, it's good for you. He says, no, what to those? <laughs> Not called good evil. <laughs> or evil good, rather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Traitors, headstrong, haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Hmm? Come on, let's read verse 5 together. 1, 2, 3. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people, pray for them. Embrace them. 
from such people. Invite them to your party. From such, is it in your Bible? Or is this my Bible? From such people, turn away. So there are people you need to turn away from. It's biblical. You don't hate them. You don't, you know, you love them, but let them keep seeing your back because you are going somewhere. They are not going to where you're going. So because you are moving, they're seeing your back. That's okay. They'll just be seeing your past. That's what they'll be privileged to see. But not your future. Not where God is taking you. Hallelujah. Not the great things God is doing in your life. They're not seeing that. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Beware of godliness without power. Beware of Christianity that lacks power. Come on. Yeah. Beware of discipleship that lacks power. Beware. Beware of prayer that lacks power. Beware. Beware of worship that lacks power. Beware. Don't be guilty of practicing godliness without power. I know we've all been guilty of this. Oh, how many people have not been guilty? You've just, I mean, you've just been, from the day you got saved till now, you've just been like, you know, Christianity has just been full of power. So let's ensure that we're not just going through the motions. Let's ensure that we're not just being religious and there's no power. That's not God's will. But it's a sign of our time. One of the signs of the end times. What we're reading here, this passage is actually a description of the times that we're living in. Hmm? So, I mean, I don't have anything against motivational speakers and all of that. If, if that's part of what you do for a living, it's good. But listen, we need to have the power to transform lives, for example. Do you understand? That's why each, each week when you come here, you are told, this is every nation, Midran. The place where people come to be what? Changed. 
and disciple to do what? Transform society. So if you want to be part of us, you must be ready to change. You must be ready to change. Yeah, if you're not ready to change, then you'll be offended. You just need to be here long enough and you will get offended. All it takes is one sermon and you will be offended. One message that will just hit you, rub you in the wrong place. And you will just be offended. Because it's, it's targeting those areas that cause you to be barren. You know, in terms of power. It's targeting those areas of your life that make you to be void of power. So because of that, your flesh will react. And when your flesh reacts, many people think they're right. So what is meant to change you and to transform you becomes evil. And then what tickles your fancy is what you now get attracted to. Then you end up with Christianity without power. Because many people have heap upon themselves teachers with itching ears. Is that what the Bible says? So they love to hear certain truths. There are certain truths they don't want to hear. But certain truths, they, they, you, you just have to say this. And um, yeah, just keep saying this. And, and those are truths. But you see, if it's not changing you, but it makes you feel good, but it doesn't change you, um, there is no power. Because I don't care how many times you fall or roll, if you get up the same, there's something wrong. So if there's a form of anointing and there's no life change, guess what? That's a form of godliness without power. That's a form of godliness without power. So that's why God wants us. And I'm, I'm not saying you should go seek for power. But I'm going to show you something here. Because if you walk with Jesus, your life will manifest power. There's a way. If we are not manifesting the power, it only means that we are not walking with him as we should. I'm not saying you are an unbeliever. But I'm just saying that could it be that you have not believed the way you should? I'll give you an example. Mark chapter 16. What does it say? In, uh, it says, this sign shall follow them that believe. I think it's in verse 18 of us. Uh, Mark chapter 16. Is it there? Okay, verse 17, yeah. And this sign shall follow those who believe. Huh? How many believers do we have? Okay, fine. So you're a believer. Awesome. It says, in my name, they shall cast out demons. Question. When last did you cast out a demon? Hmm? When last? Are you still a believer? 
Yeah. Some people think, oh, you know, uh, just, I'm, I'm scared, you know. I don't want all this demonic stuff. Don't talk about demons. In fact, some people say, even say you shouldn't mention it in church. But in case you don't know, demons come to church. Hmm? One might be sitting next to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. In my name, they will cast out demons. So the first sign of a believer is dealing with demons. That is the number one sign Jesus is giving to us here. So now, if you, have, if you are a believer and you cannot deal with a demon, it's either Jesus is lying, he doesn't know what he's talking about, or there's something wrong with your belief. So beware of godliness without power. Demons should not be comfortable around you. Okay? Touch your neighbor. Say, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Hmm. Yeah. So even if they are around you, they should feel uncomfortable. They should feel uncomfortable. They shouldn't be saying, oh, wow, I feel so cool here. You know? And even call their friends to come and, you know, chill around you. No, they shouldn't. Amen? So the first sign that you're a believer, I'm just showing you one there, is that you deal with demons. So sometime I'm going to teach you about how to deal with demons. Because you need to know. And you don't need to be a pastor to deal with demons. You just need to be a believer. Is that not what it says? These signs shall follow the apostles. Huh? These signs shall follow the prophets. like a friend of mine that goes to one of these places. I was praying for his son in the church and he was beaten seriously because he's not allowed to pray for his son. The demon that the son has is not is only the the prophet that has the power. So he must stop it. Come on. They say, stop it. He says, no, I'm not going to stop it. It's my son. What do I have to? Ah, your son? They took him out. Broke his hand. And he came with a... I said, what happened? He said, oh, man, those guys, they beat me up in church. <laughs> and I've been warning him about that place. He refused to listen. Say, so what does that tell you about that place? Say, so this man is good. He's surrounded by bad people. Ah, I just give up. <laughs> so, 
The sign, one of the signs that you believe is that you have authority over demons. You have true power over demons. Do you understand me? If you look at Luke chapter 10, the disciples went out. Jesus sent them out and he gave them authority. They went and then when they came back, they were so excited and they said, Jesus, the demons were subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, don't rejoice because of that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He says, he says I saw Satan fall like lightning. And then he says in verse 10, he says, Behold, I give to you power. I I give to you authority. I give to you exousia over all the power, over all the dunamis of the devil. He says, "You you shall trample on serpents and scorpions. And he says, nothing shall by enemies hurt you. So those guys were... Casting out demons without the Holy Ghost. How many people have the Holy Ghost? Okay, fine. So, they didn't even have the Holy Ghost. They were not even born again. Let me put it that way. They were not yet born again. Because none of them were born again yet. Jesus had not yet gone to the cross. Nobody could be born again. So, they were not yet born again. But, they were able to cast out demons. And demons were subject. Huh? Let's read that. Where? What verse is that? The demons were subject to us in your name. Verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Even, why did they say even the demons? It's a new experience. It was not expected. It's never been done apart from Jesus. He said, my Lord. Now, it's not that they didn't see other miracles and other signs, but this particular one, they had not seen before. So, demons must be subject to you in the name of Jesus. Your, your Christianity must be such that demons will be subject to you Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. You don't want to be like the seven sons of Sceva who come and say, we adjure you by God in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. You don't want to be like that. You carry the authority. You have delegated power. You have delegated influence. You have what it takes to compel them to obey. So your Christianity must demonstrate that. Beware of a Christianity that is subject to demons. Did you hear me? Beware of a Christianity that is subject to demons. Form of godliness. Powerless. I am not going to be a powerless Christian. 
And this church is not going to be a powerless church. And you are not going to be a powerless disciple of Christ. You must walk in power. Hallelujah. Without power, we cannot have true conversion. We cannot have true repentance. We cannot have true transformation in the lives of people. We cannot see it. So we can even lead them, share the gospel with them. They can even have the appearance of being children of God. But without power, we cannot touch their hearts. We cannot. Amen? We cannot. Let's look at Acts chapter 1. Sorry, Luke. Luke. St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. When God sent the angel to announce the birth of John the Baptist to Zechariah, one of the things the angel said to him, look at verse 17. He says, talking about John the Baptist, Right? He says, he will go before him. Okay, let's, let's, let's read verse 16. Verse 16 first. It says, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Huh? And verse 17 says, he will also bef- go before him in the spirit and power of who? Elijah. The spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and this disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So one of the things that marked the ministry of John the Baptist was the ability to turn people. Do you understand? So if our godliness cannot turn people around, cannot turn the hearts of people, cannot turn the lives of people that are listening or receiving us, I'm telling you, we're missing something. We're missing something. So, John the Baptist comes and he's preaching. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And as he's talking, people, multitudes are coming. People are coming to listen to him. He will even insult them and they will still follow. It's a brood of vipers. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And they were still coming. Come on, say power. Power. Yeah. And you can see that by the time Jesus starts his ministry, by the time Jesus starts his ministry, we see that the first two disciples of Jesus were a fruit of John the Baptist's ministry. Andrew and Simon, who later became Peter. 
Do you understand me? So that is to tell you the impact and the power of John's ministry. So, yeah, I mean, he, John was not a perfect man. There were times he was offended at Jesus and all of that. But he did his assignment. Glory to God. Touch someone. Touch someone. Come on. Touch. touch. Shake that person. <laughs> Glory. Amen. Ask that person, are you here? Or where, 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 where are you? Are you here? Or are you in Durban? Or are you in Cape Town? Or are you here? Yeah. So, John preached so much that Andrew's heart was turned. Simon's heart was turned. And then by the time Jesus comes, guess what? They just follow. Why? Their heart has been dealt with. So part of our, the power God has given to us is to turn people. Glory to God. It's to turn the hearts of people. And you need to start praying that people's lives will be changed because of their encounter with you. Yeah. I don't want people to hang around me for years and remain the same. There is something wrong with me. If that is my experience. Okay. So don't be satisfied with the fact that people are with you all the time and they are not even changed. They are not even aspiring to be closer to God. They are not aspiring to be like you or to, you know, you are not inspiring them to do something. What's wrong with you? You have lost your power. Go get it back. Beware. Beware of godliness without power. A form of godliness. You can be living the Christian life. Singing the right songs. Come on. Saying amen at the right place. Saying I receive it. Standing up and clapping and say, talk to me, pastor. That is good preaching. <laughs> yeah. You can do all of that. But if your life is not impacting people, is not causing people something, they're around you. you. Even if you don't tell them I'm a Christian, they just hang around you. All of a sudden, they start saying, there's something about you. Come on. There's something about you. They start feeling. They start sensing. They start, you know, just. They want to be. Change. They see something in you. We need to have that. Now, if you've lost it, go get it back. Because you need it for next year. And for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. You got it. God bless you. Hallelujah. You got it. You can't have all of this power and not make an impact. You can't. You were born for more than this. Are you following me? You were created for more than this. You were made for more than this. 
Hallelujah. All the things that God told Paul is that he was going to turn the hearts of many in the book of Acts. He's going to turn the hearts of the Gentiles. So there is a power to turn lives in godliness. So we need to get that power back. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yes. We need it. We need it. Hmm? What else do you need? You need the power. You need the power to perform miracles. Amen. Yeah, you need the power to perform miracles. How many people can work miracles without any power? You just... (laughs) No, it it takes power to do that. So our Christianity must produce the miraculous. We must produce the miraculous. You cannot be walking with God and you can't even, you know, heal a headache. There's something wrong. Now, uh, you see, if that is your experience, what I'm trying to provoke in you is a hunger to be dissatisfied with your kind of Christianity. Okay, because I know if you are comfortable there, nothing can change you. If you are comfortable with, with your experience, then fine. You cannot change what you are not honest about. Hmm? You are not honest about the situation. If you've read the book, Good to Great, one of the, one of, one of the, one of the things that uh, the author talks about is one of the ways you become great is that you have to confront the brutal facts. Assess the situation. Look at it. Let's look at ourselves. What kind of Christians are we? Read the book of Acts. I mean, we've just, we're about to finish the New Testament. In fact, the Bible. (laughs) In two days. In two days, we would have finished Genesis to Revelation. Come on, put your hands together for yourselves. Amen. Yes. Huh? So you've seen You've seen the Christians in the Bible and then look at the Christians today and ask yourself, are we the same? Huh? Number one, did we, do we have the same Bible? Huh? We have even more. Do you understand? We have more because they, by their time, it, the canon was not complete. Yeah. So for us, we have more. So we have more, but less results. What's wrong with us? Touch someone and say, What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> huh? What's wrong? Yeah. How can we have more and less results? Something is wrong. Let's be honest. So, we need the power 
We need to see it in our lives. And if we don't see, don't say, oh, well, you know, miracles are past, like some theologians have deceived people and lied to them to tell them, you know, those things have ceased. They're not for today. It's a lie. They're just trying to give excuses for their laziness to seek God. Those are just lame excuses. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. He says, I'm the Lord, I change not. He has not changed. If he did it before, he will do it again. Come on. And he will do it through you. If you want him to. Unless you are too big to be used by God. Are you? Okay, you're not. Look at Acts chapter 3. Let's look at Acts chapter 3. There was this account, very popular account, uh, in the beautiful gate. Uh, it's interesting. The gate is called beautiful and the site was ugly. Hmm? So this man was there lame for so many years. He was there lame for 30, over 30 years. Right? So imagine if you are, I don't know how old you are, but some of you, from the time you were born, this guy has been there. Begging all the time. So Peter and John go to worship. And on their way, they see this man, and this man is begging, you know, asking for arms. And um, Peter says to him, look on us. Why would he get his attention? Because the guy was looking all over, looking for who is the potential, you know. You know, when you're begging, you, don't, you never can tell who will give. Some people will just walk past you. So he's seeing these guys. These guys look promising. He comes to them, but then it's like... On getting closer, it's like these guys <laughs> seem as if they have nothing. And there's another person approaching, you know. Another person is approaching and it's like, okay, he's looking at them. Then, uh, you know, maybe this one is the one that is going to give me. And Peter said, look on us. Hmm? Let's, re- let's read that. Um, from verse... Verse 2, it says, A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms from those who enter the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms? Spare some change, please. Spare some change, please. Huh? And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. All right? So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Of course, he was going to receive something, but not what he was expecting. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. 
And he leaping up, shouting and walking, entered the temple with them, walking, limping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew, oh my God, oh my God. They knew that it was he who sat begging, begging arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. This is what I want to see huh? happening in your life. Imagine you are coming to church. You are not even inside yet. On your way to church. Come on. How many people want to experience that? Imagine on your way to church, you see somebody's, you know, maybe by the taxi rank, by, by the rowboat, whatever, you know, stretching his hands. And you see, you just say, in the name of Jesus. That's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And then the person walks up and then follows you to church. Please, next year, bring people like that to church. Amen. Glory to God. Bring, not just bring them to church to be healed. Heal them on your way to church. That's, that's what happened here. Come on. Heal them, open the blind eyes on your way to church. Let's pray for it. Let's believe for it. Let's expect it. Come on. Yeah. So, otherwise, our gospel is not complete. Our godliness. There's something wrong with our form of godliness. We cannot just have good preachings, good talks, good, you know, um, orators, but we can't manifest any power. Let's start asking. God, show me. How can I do what Peter and John did? Are you getting my point? So, don't go and say, oh, you know, uh, uh, Pastor, you, you, you know, I've, I've come to church for so long with this condition or I brought my friend with this condition and nothing happened. What about you? Why didn't you sort it out before you brought him? Hello? Is that not what happened here? They sorted it out. So what am I saying? Every single one of us needs to press in. Press into God and start manifesting the power of God. Yeah. Don't leave it for the pastor. Glory. What else? These guys... After they did this, the Bible says, look at chapter 4, verse 7. It says, no, let's read from verse 5. It says, and it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Cyphus, um, John, Alexander, and as many of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name 
have you done this? This is talking about that miracle that they did. Okay? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel. He says, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you that all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is Peter speaking. People are questioning them. How did you? What is it that made you to be able to do this? By what power? By what authority? Have you ever been asked that kind of question? How did you do this? By what power? By what authority have you done this? There's a, there's a verse that says that they saw that they had been with Jesus. What verse is that? Is it 13? Okay, okay, yeah. Verse 13, it says, Now when they saw... <laughs> Look at that. They saw what? They saw the boldness of Peter and... And perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. That is the key. Can you see? When they saw their boldness, not when they saw, you know, many of us, our Christianity lacks boldness. It lacks boldness. Why we don't want to pray for people is because what if nothing happens? People are going to laugh at me. You lack boldness. You haven't been with Jesus. There's nobody that's been with Jesus that's not bold. Are you getting me? Nobody. So if you lack boldness, you need more time with Jesus. Hello? You need more time with Jesus. If you are always struggling with insecurity, you need more time with Jesus. I'm telling you, you need more time with Jesus. Therapy will not solve that. Therapy can help you a little bit, just, just a tiny little bit. Time with Jesus will sort it out. Sort it out. So that's why Peter that denied Jesus on the day of Pentecost, this guy st stood up and boldly declared. Why? He's been with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So now the power of the Holy Spirit as well. So not only Jesus will give you that power, Holy Spirit. So our Christianity and our witness must be with boldness and with power. So when you look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, 
Bible tells us there, he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So our Christianity, our godliness, our preaching, our witnessing must be with power. Power to turn people. Come on. Power to break demons. Power to free people. Come on. Glory to God. Do you want that kind of power in your life? Then you you better seek it. You better seek God for it. Seek God. Spend more time with Jesus. Spend more time with God. Spend more time with the Holy Spirit. So if you will spend time with the Holy Spirit, your life will carry that power. If you spend more time with Jesus, your life will carry that power. If you will spend more time in the Word of God, your life will carry that power. Do you know that many of us don't read the Word of God enough? Honestly, we don't. I praise God. I thank God you've read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And that's commendable. But we need to go further. We need to go further. We need to go deeper. I don't want my godliness to be without power. I don't want my Christianity to be without power. I refuse. I refuse to not carry the power of God in my life. Let's stand up on our feet. Talk to God. There should be people that are walking with God because they encountered you. There should be people that have abandoned sin because of you. There should be people that are free because of you. There should be people that are free of demons. Demons have been expelled from their lives because of you. A godliness without power is not a true godliness. I know there are a lot of there's a lot of um, lying wonders, but I'm telling you, lying wonders can never transform lives. False miracles never change lives. If anything, they complicate them, and I've seen it a lot. They cannot free themselves from certain things. But when you walk with God, he gives you the power. Romans chapter 6, I think it's verse 14. It says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Huh? Because you are not under the law, but under grace. So when you, when you, your, your, your godliness must produce power over sin. True power over sin. Talk to God. Come on. Just tell him, Lord, let your power manifest in my life. Jesus. What do you want? Do you really want this power?
then you need to spend more time with him. It's not seeking the power. It's seeking the giver of the power. And that's Jesus himself. And that's the Holy Spirit. And even the Father. If you are close to any of them, you'll experience power. Lord my God, let our lives manifest your power. We don't want to be religious. We don't want to have a form of godliness that lacks power. Whatever it will take for us to experience the biblical manifestations in our lives and through our lives, let it fall upon us. Let it fall upon us. Jesus. My Lord. My Lord. One of the ways you can start manifesting the power is to start sharing Jesus more. He says, as the disciples went, wherever they went, the Lord was confirming his word through them. He was confirming his word. If you don't do anything, if you don't share his word, he has nothing to confirm. We need to commit to live a lifestyle of sharing the gospel all the time. So that he will have something to confirm. He's not committed to confirming your opinions. He wants to confirm his word. Speak his word. Speak his word. Be bold about it. Don't be timid. I rebuke every timidity in the name of Jesus. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but has given us a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. I release the power of God over your life, over your mind, in the name of Jesus, where you have been shaky in your conviction. I speak reinforcement. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you glory. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Glory to God. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www dot every nation midrand dot org